0: Well, I'm glad you could join us on the From Here to There podcast with Pastor Mike Schooley. Um, we are a little late this week in uh, recording this. Um, this is a follow-up to our uh, series, um, As for Me and My House. And this whole series is a series um, that we've been trying to encourage families to uh, make one of the main things, discipleship. Um, to to help your kids, grandkids, um, the people around you to be learners. And and I think well, the principles of this um, obviously correlate in the family, but they go much further than that. They're, it's A lot of these principles are true of anyone we disciple, that we are called to go make disciples, and those disciples need to um, learn to become more like Jesus and to live like Jesus, and we, we are called to help do that, but especially in the family. We don't want to offload um, discipleship just to the church. Uh, we want, as a church, we want to encourage families um, to make discipleship a main thing. Uh, although school is a main thing and sports possibly, um, there's nothing more important than your kids' faith and what God wants to do in their life. And so we want that to be the main thing. And so uh, this last Sunday, we talked about this word um, discipline. And uh, for um, and many of you, that word has connotation. It has um, something that brings back to mind. Maybe a way that you were disciplined maybe the way that you disciplined. maybe you have a timeout chair um, a quarter a corner that you have to go to or had to go to or maybe um, you got a belt or a, a wooden spoon or maybe you had to do push-ups sit-ups uh, maybe you had to go to your room um, and turn off um, turn off the television turn off all the tech there, there's we have this idea of discipline being punishment and punishment looking like hey we did something wrong therefore this is the outcome of doing something wrong. Well, that may be a piece of it, but that's not a, the biggest piece. Um, I think we misdefine discipline. Now, I want you to hear this with me. Disciple and discipline are related. Disciple means learner. Um, and so if disciple, um, the word disciple is in discipline, that means we're just help, encouraging to learn. We are. Tr- um, I like the word training. Um, discipline is about training. Um, sports, we talk about discipline quite a bit. We talk about um, the discipline of going to practice, the discipline of how you eat and how you, um, what you focus on, and um, dis- discipline being. I'm going to give up now so that I can have something better. We talk about discipline a lot in that that realm. We talk about financial discipline, you know, to stay within the budget, stay within the budget, and you will get to your end goals. You know, uh, Dave Ramsey, FPU talks a lot about financial discipline can't spend money on everything we need. We need to focus and really discipline ourselves, say no to things so that we can have something better later. Um, and so we, we we have this in other areas, we, we talk about discipline, but sometimes in family, we don't necessarily um, make that a focus. So I want to walk through a few things. Number one is this. In the journey of being a, a disciple of your kids, we need to help them discipline. And one of the verses that I love is about vision, where there is no vision, people cast off restraints, when there is no picture of the future, when you have nothing you're fighting for, nothing at the end of the the journey. Um, but as parents, we we should have a picture of the future. We should have a picture of what we're trying to do in our kids' lives. There is a vision of what we want them to be and how that we want them to follow Jesus. And so we have a vision. therefore we we put we pick up restraints, we train. We develop. We we need to have the end goal in mind. Um, Stephen Covey often said in his book, um, highly fact, effect, um, highly effective habits of uh, people. He says one of the, the chief tools is begin with the end in mind. And so, what is the end? What is the, one of the tools is saying? All right, this is what I want after um, fourteen years, sixteen years. I want my kids to 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 be and do and look like this. We. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to. To love the word of God, you you can spend some time just talking about, thinking about, writing down, journaling. What is what are the main? What am I trying to take them to, on the journey from here to there? I'm not just going myself. I'm taking my family with me. What are what is there? What what is it that I want to put in our life as core values as like the finish line? Because if you have no finish line. It doesn't matter where you go through the 18 years. You'll just go from here to there. You'll fill your, your pack your schedule. You'll um, respond. Um, you'll, you'll react to situations. You'll um, show up to what you can and not show up to what you, what you can't. But it, because we lack vision, and and therefore because you lack vision for your kids, guess what happens? They don't, they don't uh, catch the vision. You know, we have this term in leadership called vision casting. Like part of the, my job. Is to paint a desirable picture of a future that you want to pursue you know sometimes I'm I, I do all right sometimes I fail but that's that's what vision casting is and then have you ever thought of yourself as a parent um, vision casting let me just step back I was talking to um, one of my friends who is a police officer and he um, was has um, arrested or um, giving tickets to many young people. And one of the questions that he would often ask them is, "What do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life?" And most every time they would have this answer: "I don't know," and the, the, maybe the other word is, "I don't care." Well, do you see how that ties together? Kids or young people who have no vision don't care if they get in trouble. Don't don't really um, desire to to discipline themselves to get something better cuz they have no picture of the future but if someone says hey i want to be a doctor someday i want to be, i want i want to race cars i want i want to own my own business I, I want to dot 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 all of a sudden the other junk in their life becomes minimal and they're like i don't want to do i want i want that i want i want the big thing i don't want these little things i don't want to get in trouble cuz I want, I want i have something better planned for me and i want i want us to be vision casters Um, for our young but we have to start with what is our vision and just um, break that apart a little bit you know we carry a lot of expectation into our kids and we have to although we want to have expectation we don't want to put uh, our identity into that expectation meaning this that we can't expect something just because it's going to make us look good or feel good, or maybe it's something that we didn't get to accomplish in our life and you want them to, it's, it's gotta be, that vision is theirs. That's why we have to enter it prayerfully. We have to enter it, um, in this heart of humility, this, this heart of students, that God's vision for them is bigger than ours. So what's their, what's the vision? Number two is picking up, picking the core values that you want to train them in. Um, you know, you know. So, like, uh, I I have read a few books on different coaches. Coach uh, K from Duke, um, Jim Beheim for Syracuse, um, Sean Payton um, a little bit, and and just I, I'm fascinated by coaches, especially really good coaches, and how they. Uh, John Wooden was was an, had some incredible books on coach because many of these the really good coaches don't just um, win games that they have a they have a culture of like. Coaching and developing and growing people and then again, they have the end in mind that they want to win championships But they also want to grow their team and then they have these areas that they focus on in the, this practice time um, That they want they want their players to get better and maybe it's rebounding Maybe it's uh, shooting. Maybe it's defense. Maybe it's ball handling. Maybe it's um, running plays and you're gonna keep running it till till you get it right but they have these core values. They have these things that they're working on, and then they set up practices to do it. And so the question then becomes, what are you working on? What, what are you? Um, what What are your core values that you want to put in their life? Like part of that end goal vision is some some pieces that that get you there. Like here are a few that I wrote down. I think if we're going to make them fully devoted followers of Christ, if if we want if they we want them to experience all that God has for them then we need to help them fall in love with the word of God and get to know it and have depth in it. Not, not just come to church, but to, to know the word of God. And so what, if that's, that's a main thing, which I think it is, what does that look like for a family to make the word of God central? Um, do you have verses on the wall? Maybe um, do you tell story, read, read Bible stories every night? Maybe you have um, various questions. Maybe you do adventures in Odyssey to get them to know the word of God. Um, what, what, Training, what disciplines, and then it means giving up sometimes, giving up on television or social media or whatever, and say, we we want we want to know the word of God. Uh, maybe it's um, training in finance and generosity. You want you want them to experience what it means, what it feels like to be generous, because generosity is it, it, it's better than spending. You know, I think. You, if you could, if we could all get to the point of like being generous, having a heart of generosity, we find that giving is better than receiving, and we've heard that phrase before. So, what does it look like to train your four-year-old to um, run their finances and also to be generous? What does it tra- what does it look like for an eight-year-old if they don't if you don't train them when they're young, they'll never grab on when they're older. So, train, develop, like what what? Okay, this is this. I want them to win in this. Therefore, here's how we practice this. Uh, let me give you another one. How about um, relationships? How to do relationships, which means conflict resolution, which means how to how to um, be others centered, to be others focused. Uh, what does it mean to be forgiving? Um, what does it mean to? And so, how do you you you? And the cool thing is, we already get to practice that in the in the realm of family, but you have to show them, train them. Of how to do relationship and family and how to make it the best possible way they can um, how about handling tough situations you know one of the things I see in our culture is that we are in a world of rescuers we want to rescue we want to save people from ha- feeling pain we don't want we want to be numb to it well um, Hebrews 12 says endure hardship like discipline um, like we 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 grow during hard things. We develop during hard things. Don't steal the learning experience from our young people by not allowing them to feel the pain of their consequences, uh, feel the pain of their struggles. Um, walk them through it. Yes, um, walk on their by their side, but don't let them not feel it. Because then, when they get older and they feel something, they'll be like, "Wow, this is." I don't even know what to do here. You're, you're, you're hampering your kids by not, by allowing them not to feel pain. How about training and ministry development, like ministry, like God has designed them for something. The Bible says as as pastors and as parents, we're supposed to fan into flame the gift of God in them. Which means like you have this little spark and you're just kind of waving the, the, top of the, the fan and trying to get it to really blow up and really get big. And so, you know, what are you doing to train them in their and what their gifting is? What, where do you place them? And and maybe another side part of that is how do you train them in faith and to trust, like deep trust, not faith as in I believe in, but faith as in I believe in so much that I'm willing to step in this direction. I'm willing to walk on and try walking on the water. I'm willing to, I'm willing to try almost anything if God says tells me to do it Uh, faith and obedience are are hand in hand so what are you training them to do um, to help them walk in obedience how to walk in faith how to trust in the midst of fear Um, maybe it's mission trips as they get older or maybe it's um, volunteering at a local organization maybe it's um, doing something at the church or the chicken barbecue but what, what I'm saying is if a coach does this to develop them into a winning team how much more well, because we have so much more on the line. This isn't a, this isn't a high school basketball game. These, these, are the, these are kids' lives. And so what maybe the tool or the way you can walk this is write down five to ten things that are important that you want to train them in. It. And by the way, make sure that it's, it's important, but it's also some of the most important. As in um, make sure that faith is in there. Make sure that um, walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ and is in there, that the pieces are there. Give them the most important things. Um, another thing I think is important to do is how do you coach them? So a coach does many things, right? A coach uh, sets up practice, calls plays out in the game. But a coach speaks to and calls out and and walks alongside um, players to get the most out of them. So so we have to coach we have we have to to talk them through it And so I want I, I wanted to walk you through something I saw a while ago and again I'm gonna pivot it a little bit change it a little bit for this scenario but uh, When as we're coaching what what we want to do is what well, number one We, we want to consistently do it um, We cannot lead our kids past where we are We can't expect something different than what we're doing so if you want your kids to fall in love with the Word of God I would suggest that we need to be lovers of the Word of God. If, if we want to teach them faith, how to step in the midst, midst of fear, then we have to be be doing stepping, even when they're not looking. Um, I, I think it's, it's a core, it's a value of ours. It's something that we believe in, and therefore, whether they see it or not, um, and they'll, they'll eventually see it. They'll see the little pieces of it, and then they'll see the big pieces of it. But we need to model the very values that we want to put in their life. Like it begins with us. Number number two is this: um, they see us do it, and then we talk about it. So one, they see it. Number two, they see it, and then we talk about it. And it's not about bragging. It's 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 about um, letting them letting them see what you're already doing, and then saying, "Hey, what did you think about that? Is there a way I could have done it better? Is there a way you would have done it?" And you kind of have you kind of talk your way through why you did that. and and why uh, safe ways to do something. And, um, you know, you want them to catch it, but you also want to t- have them like coach them through it. Like, Hey, this is how you shoot the basketball here. Um, beef, balance, eyes, elbow, follow through. You know, that's what we were about, um, taught when I was a coach. And then I would show them and then we'd talk through it. And then I would show them how to hold it. And so this, this idea of they see you do it. And then you, and then you talk your way through it is a, is a critical piece. So what, what do you have to talk them through when you give? Maybe maybe it's um, you put something in the offering basket, they see it and on the way home, hey, what, what do you think was in that bat, that envelope? What do you think was, was on that giving um, on that check? you know um, well, why do you think we give and then you start talking through why you do it. Um, it maybe on a mission trip, you're like, man, they, they may see or or volunteering someplace. And you're like, why do you think I volunteered? Um, how did that go? Did you, did you see how I spoke to that person? Um, because, well, you know, why? Because I see the value in them and they're important. And I want them to feel like they're important. Um, so that they, you have to talk them through it. Um, the third part is they do it and you talk talk again. You coach. And so they may be the one um, giving something in the offering plan. So, like, all right, so what, how'd that feel? Um, yeah, did did you have something specific you wanted to give to? Did did you um, did you um, specify? Did you know how do you want to work that? You know, you just kind of walk them through. Maybe it's uh, the Word of God. You, you get them reading the Word of God. Says all right. What, what did you read? What was what didn't you know? What what questions do you have? And uh, how did you do? It? Is it maybe and then you give them tips on how to do it better. Maybe maybe it's um, you wanted to teach them what what it is to study the Bible in context or um, the Greek words and how to look it up online. I mean, it's all different, but you're, you're starting to develop these habits and they get to, they get to try things and then you're there, they're safely to, um, do it because it's like in baseball, you know, I coach baseball for many years. Um, so many, you know, we get the way I would do it is I would, I would swing, I would show them my swing, you know, and then the ways to do it, the, the different parts of it. And then I would ask them them to do it. Then I'd walk around and try to correct or talk them through how to make the swing theirs, but also have the right tools in place to swing right. Because you, you don't want them just practicing a swing. You want to, them to be practicing a right swing. So they do it. And you coach. Um, and the, the last piece is, hopefully, and again, there's might be more in there, but they do it. And then they just then you don't necessarily coach them anymore, but you you may have conversations later, or you may just be saying that was a great job. Maybe you just celebrate. They 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 now it's value. Now they're they they already um, have tied it into their life, and now they're consistently doing. And you just you get to celebrate. It's almost like you're at, at the ball game watching coaching. Um, maybe it's basketball or baseball, and you finally win the game. You know, I man, th- those swings that you did in practice, you did that really well hey, that was a great double play you turned. That was fantastic. And you're you, you are, you're not alone, now not coaching them through it. You're celebrating because you, they want you to say, good job. And we need to be able to say that um, at various times. Just a couple other things on this discipleship journey on um, coaching and training and discipline. Um, sometimes it takes a different, you need to have more voices than just you in your kid's life. Um, you are important and you are the most important as parents, but sometimes you can say the same thing a hundred times and they hear it for the first time from a youth pastor, a youth leader, a pastor, um, someone at school and they're like, oh, that's what they said. And then you're like, I said that a thousand times and they just don't, you need other people as many as you can get really to pour into your kid's life. And so what voices, um, do you need them to, who, who can you invite in to be part of the the discipleship and maybe it's for a piece of it. And maybe it's for um, life on life. Like they're going to help disciple. They're going to walk right alongside and that hopefully gets them to where they need to be. And the the other one is experiences, you know, experience teaches, Um, you know, that's why like in basketball, uh, college basketball, they play so many games. Um, baseball, they play it. Usually, they play 162 games, and and part of that is you may lose games early on, but at some point, maybe you learn to start winning. Like you learn from your failures, and so we we want to give them experiences. We want we want to get them in the game. We want them to. You need to give them chances to to have an allowance and and to, to use that money as early as possible. You you need them to to be able to experience what ministry is, that they have a gift and say, hey, we want to foster that. What, what, what can we do to have you use that? Get them involved in, in serving because it changes their focus from um, outside to inside. And so experience is a great teacher. Um, and that also means failure is a great teacher. Sometimes you learn more from uh, having someone hit a home run off of you than you do from striking out the side. You need to, and again, we want, the, the idea of this is to pro- provide experiences, but provide it in a safe place. And so hopefully this helps you a little bit as you um, disciple, discipline, train your kids. And I, and I wonder if you could just take some time to think through what it means to move them from here to there. Sometimes it's like dragging something uphill um, through a storm with rocks in the way, with no path made. And it's just, it's just hard work sometimes. And then there are other times you're like, yeah, this is really good. You get to see the end result of the training that you put in their life. So what are you training them to do? And then what tools are you using to train them to be all that God has designed them to be? And if you, if you make this intentional, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does need to be intentional. You will see, see worlds of difference in your kids over time. Now, if your grandparents, you, um, or maybe your your kids are grown, it may look differently. You might have to figure out how do you put these things in their life. Maybe you're you become more of a storyteller. You ask good questions. You model. Maybe you can't do it the same way as someone who has a four year old, but you're still seeding it. You're still put casting seed to see what God can do in your kids' lives. It's not over. It's it's not done. You know, we pray, we seek, we, we we plead with God to do something, and then we 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 submit to Him and say, God, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. You know, and so we we model it and teach it. And so I I hope my prayer is that we are a church that's raising up young people to become what God has designed them to be. And I hope we are a church of discipline, not not in punishment, not in um, you know like being. Harsh. I, I I think some of discipline is is full of grace, full of relationship. Um, if you want to see how it works out, watch Jesus. See how Jesus disciplined or trained his disciples. Because they went on a journey from here to there. They they went from unschooled ordinary people to people who began the movement of the church, and it didn't happen by accident. Jesus was very intentional. He had to, he had to teach them humility. He had to teach them the idea of of grace, and he had to teach them that that we, we have to be willing to, to lay down in order to pick up. And he, he had all these, he had to teach them how, how to minister, how to, how, to, how to work in someone's life. He had to give them a heart for people. And so I hope that you begin to be discipled, to learn, um, you provide discipline for your own life, and then you bring it to your families. Thanks for listening to, from here to there. I hope it's helpful, some hope, um, practical tips on raising your kids. Um, enjoy your journey of discipleship.